You think about Herschel Walker at Georgia. You think about, you know, Bo Jackson at Auburn. You think about, you could name about 25 players at Alabama. Everybody wants that guy. Like, who is your Herschel Walker? Who is your Michael Jordan? Welcome to 12th Man Moments, the podcast where fans of Texas A&M athletics come to reminisce, get info they never knew, and just stay up to date with everything going on in and around Aggie athletics. Today's episode is about a specific time in Aggie football that all fans know a little something about, and the year was 2012. Most sports fans, especially college sports fans, have at least heard of Kyle Field. And if you're in any way associated with Texas A&M University, then you've absolutely heard of Kyle Field. You know, it's that massive structure smack in the middle of campus. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. You can see it from pretty much anywhere in College Station. It's where Texas A&M football plays their home games. It's where in the fall, A&M fans of all shapes, sizes, ages, races, they come to cheer on their beloved football team, the Aggies. It's the team that has a lot of people around the country, and over in Austin especially, saying that they haven't really accomplished a whole lot. But nonetheless, fans here love the team. Actually, a lot more than other teams and fan bases that have accomplished a lot more. Sounds crazy, I know. But some may say that Aggie fans are crazy. Me. I'm one of those people. And I'm an Aggie. Kyle Field didn't always look the way it does now. In fact, there was a time that seems like forever ago now that they played in a completely different conference. They used to play in the Big 12 Conference. And we actually played our rival, the Texas Longhorns, every year. A novel idea, right? Well, we don't do that anymore, because logic. Well, in 2012, Texas A&M officially joined the SEC, or Southeastern Conference. The SEC is widely known as the most powerful and competitive college football conference out there. In fact, since 2005, the SEC has won 12 of the last 17 national championships. That's insanity. So when A&M moved to the SEC, pretty much everyone on earth thought that it was going to be a rough start for the new guys. That is, until here in Aggieland, we were introduced to a guy named Johnny Manziel. He was a dual-threat quarterback recruited out of Tyvee High School in Kerrville, Texas. He made his debut for Texas A&M in the 2012 season in that first game against Florida. And at the time, the Aggies were also rocking a brand new head coach that year. Kevin Sumlin had come on board from the University of Houston, and he also brought along his offensive coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, as the offensive coordinator. So we've got a new quarterback, a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, and we're in a brand new conference, which is the toughest in the country. So, I mean, come on, guys, everything, everything's got to go well, right? Well, it did. You saw it at an early, early stage when he had the ball in his hands Who knew what was going to happen? The way he could avoid contact, the way he seemingly not only had that peripheral vision, but he just had a sense of where everybody was. This is the sports editor of the Bryan College Station Eagle, Robert Cessna. He's been there for 47 years and has seen a lot of athletes. Okay, so Cease, you've covered tons of athletes over the years. Tell me what it was about Johnny Manziel in that 2012 season. How was he so good? Just the magic. And, and, you know, he really came out of nowhere because, yeah, this kid's a redshirt freshman. Tom Rosley likes him. Okay, you know, Jamal Showers, he's going to be the guy. Then, oh, this this is the guy. Uh, someone goes with him. And then the, the Florida game is so anticlimactic. I mean, oh, A&M's going into the SEC. Such a great day. Everybody's here. And, and Johnny Manziel is really very bland because they didn't c- 
cut him loose. It was like having, you know, Michelangelo and you give him one brush. I mean, you got to give him a lot of paint. And, and then suddenly we watched all year long the maturation of him playing Ole Miss, playing Mississippi State, and then, of course, the Alabama game. But he just made magic when he had the football. So the season started with a close loss to Florida, 17-20. to But early on in the season, the Aggies saw something in this young quarterback. The guys would rattle off five straight wins after that, including a massive win over Arkansas and then a slight three-point win over Ole Miss. And this time, Johnny was putting up multiple games with just video game numbers. I'm talking 500-plus yards on his way to becoming the first player in SEC history to ever do that in the same season. The Aggies would then take a tough loss at home to number 6 LSU. I was at that game, and it was very frustrating, but we moved on. We got right back on track with big wins over Auburn and number 15 Mississippi State. And as all this is going on, the country and the fans all around, they were beginning to hear about this guy in College Station. And by that point in the season, the big game was upon us. We all love it here every single season now, and that's the Alabama game. Kevin Sumlin and the team, they were up for the task. Bama is, rightly so, considered the greatest college football program that there is. Head coach Nick Saban is considered the greatest coach of all time now, along with their top recruiting classes that they have every single season. It's honestly easy to see why they have more national titles than it seems like there are days on earth. Either way, best team or not, that day was here, and this is the day that Johnny everybody talks about at least, that Johnny plastered his name in college football history and also put his name at the top of the Heisman watch list. You mentioned the Bama game, so that's what I wanted to talk about too. I, I went back and looked at this, and from what I saw, they had only played, A&M had only played Alabama four times before that season, so it wasn't that, because these days it's this big day, It's the we look at it on the calendar, we mark it, it's the Bama game, but it wasn't like that at that time, was it? No, but there was a lot of ties when you think of Jackie Sherrill. You know, he was he was you know he he played there. You look at Bear Bryant, and you know he was at A and M, and John David Crow was even on Bryant's staff. So you know there was a lot of the Alabama ties for the older people. They had the Hurricane game that wasn't about it, and of course Nick Saban made them. The gold standard, they already were developing into that gold standard. So A&M, here it was, first time to Alabama. He had all those ties. They're the defending national champs. That's why A&M got in this conference for big ball games. But, you know, they were still like a 12-and-a-half, 13-and-a-half point underdog. I mean, you know, everybody was – a lot of people were hoping that A&M would maybe give them a close game because, you know, after all, they were the defending national champs. You're right. No, if anybody said they saw this coming, uh, give them a lie detector test. There were some unbelievable plays in this game, and honestly, you could say a lot of luck slash magic. At one point, Johnny fumbles the ball off of his lineman, Cedric Abwehi's butt, catches it in midair, spins around, and throws a touchdown pass to Ryan Swope in the back of the end zone. It was insane, and it's the one that if you just Google or YouTube at any point in your life, crazy Johnny plays, that's going to come up. Johnny goes on to lead the team to a 29-24 victory over Alabama that day and stuns the college football world. Nobody expected this. And the game was actually pretty intense for both teams. The Aggies would get out to a quick 20-0 lead, but that would be given up over the next quarter or so as the Aggies would only have a 23-17 lead heading into the fourth quarter. 
Johnny would turn it on and start working his magic here. He dropped a dime 24-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver Malcolm Kennedy, and that would end up sealing the deal for the Aggies. Here's what Malcolm Kennedy had to say about that touchdown play. With the options we had on the field at that time, I was just thinking I just need to do what I need to do to win because originally I believe Swope was the guy because Swope was on the other side and he was on fire that game. He was a monster. And um, they called the concept to my side, which was the three-receiver side. And I'm looking at the, I'm looking at D. Miller in front of me. I know I got to move him off of his spot. And I get to the top of my route, and I stick and turn around, and the ball is floating in the air. And I'm like, whoa, he threw this to me. I was surprised, but I, I won, so I knew it could possibly come my way. I knew if I caught it, it'd be, it'd be a big one. As soon as I shook him, he was back there, and he looked poised in the pocket. I looked back at him, and I saw him in his signature stance, and I was like, oh, it's somewhere. And I looked up, and it was there, and I caught it. it was Johnny would then go on to break the SEC single-season offensive production record. He'd be the first freshman in NCAA history to ever pass for 3,000 and rush for 1,000 yards. He won the SEC Freshman of the Year Award, the Davey O'Brien Award, which is the award for the best quarterback in college football, and he would also win the Heisman Trophy as the first freshman to ever do it. The team went on to finish the year at number five in the polls after an absolute smackdown of former Big 12 opponent Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl which is still one of my favorite games I've ever watched. And on top of all that, he gave Aggie fans one of the best years of college football that we had ever seen and thrust the program, A&M football, into a bigger spotlight. And if you follow college football, you know that that means more money, more recruits, and more wins. If you're an Aggie football fan in the city of College Station, then there's almost no way that you don't know of Gabe Bach. He's the former longtime host of Texags Radio, one of the nicest guys on earth, and arguably the best and most dedicated Aggie you'll ever meet. Gabe, looking back at that 2012 season and just the greatness that was Johnny Manziel, and then looking at the program now, how big of an impact did this dude have on A&M's football program? I mean, as big as anybody. You think about Herschel Walker at Georgia, you think about you know, Bo Jackson at Auburn, you think about, you could name about 25 players at Alabama. Everybody wants that guy. Like, who is your Herschel Walker? Who is your Michael Jordan? And A&M's Herschel Walker and Michael Jordan and Bo Jackson is undoubtedly Johnny Manziel. I mean, there's no doubt about it. What this guy did, and it happened to be right when A&M made that move to the SEC, and you remember all the chatter was the Aggies are going to get killed in the SEC. They're not physical enough. It's a totally different brand. This team's going to be a 7-5 and five perennial team. But it is amazing what happens when you have a star of stars come on the scene. And this guy certainly was. You can play the what-if game all day long. Like, what if that hurricane turned out to not impact Shreveport, Louisiana? I think there were a couple lawn chairs blown down in that storm. But because it was it turned east – Really, there wasn't a storm to be had, and we could have played that game on opening night. And had A&M had that game to figure out who Johnny was and had one game, A&M probably beats Florida. Kingsbury admitted, the offense coordinator, Cliff Kingsbury, that he didn't know what he had in Johnny until about halfway through the SMU game. All of this brings me back to that massive structure on campus, Kyle Field. Like I said, it didn't always look the way it does today. It's a lot bigger prettier and probably a little tougher to play in. And that's why Aggies past, present, and future will almost certainly always be telling the story of that 2012 season. 
friends, moms, dads, sons, and daughters. And they'll be saying, you see that big stadium over there? That's the house that Johnny built. That's going to do it for today's episode of 12th Man Moments. A big thanks to Robert Sesta of the Bryan College Station Eagle, Gabe Bach of Texags, and Malcolm Kennedy. Don't miss next week's episode where we're going to dive into another big year in Aggie athletics history. And don't forget to subscribe to 12th Man Podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, producer, and editor, Sean Burnett. Until next time, gig them.